0: Hi, my name is Kimberly and you're listening to the spine whispers podcast with me today are doctors Josh and Matt Fink today's episode is let's talk about stroke baby
1: hello everyone again Uh, dr. Josh Fink Uh, dr. Brad is off saving the world somewhere we're not quite sure where he is Uh, we don't really listen for content when people tell us stuff, so he could really. Dr. Do Josh it. doesn't. Dr. Yeah. Matt does. Don't worry. Yeah, So, anyway, yeah, uh, as Kim said. <laughs> oh, I don't know where he is. I, I hope he's he in Colorado. Yes. Oh, I knew that. I didn't know like more specifically where he was. Like, I'm in the state. There's only one place in Colorado, right? Steamboat Springs?
0: Yeah. Denver? Sure.
1: All right. So, if you've been following the podcast, they've progressively gotten longer. <laughs> we started with like. 20 something minutes, 17 minutes, and then 30, and then a monster. But I honestly don't know how we could have covered ticks in the less time than we needed to. And we've gotten tons of really great feedback um, from all of our patients, everybody that listens. So thank you guys very much. Um, you know, doctors, priests, and comics. You know, they just want somebody to listen to them, you know? (laughs) I guess that's that's what they haven't got. So um, I appreciate everybody, and I appreciate all the feedback. Um, Today's podcast, what I want to cover, is a topic that seems to just go hand-in-hand with chiropractic, and it's on stroke and chiropractic, and um, I am going to do my best not to crawl through this microphone and uh, just absolutely blow it all up, and uh, Dr. Matt is here. Unfortunately, Dr. Maurer, who is the lone voice of reason, is not with us, so we... Probably should do this podcast on a different day, but we're not going to because the um, there was because a, it's Wednesday. And, right, and he knew, you know, there is an article. So this kid, um, Josh is his name. And so this young man has a uh, he has a sore neck. He goes to pop it. And next thing you know, lo and behold, he's had a stroke and he goes to the hospital. Now, um, that is unbelievably rare, rare, you know, but that's not what what is important. What's important is that the guy that they interviewed, they interviewed this MD about this whole situation, and the MD says, and I quote, we have partners coming to the hospital with more serious stuff, comma, due to chiropractic manipulation, comma, by popping neck by a professional. And that's the end of the quote. It's not well written, but that's the quote. And that is what I want to talk about uh, um, today is that this notion that chiropractors are out there causing strokes. There's two things I want to address about it. One that an MD who has clearly no idea what we're doing would feel qualified to talk about it and then two that there is any evidence solid real evidence that that's what's going on and I want to talk about what evidence is and how we know that but first in keeping with our job to educate our patients as best we can dr matt is going to go along the specific anatomy because we talk about stroke there's a lot of different places that stroke can occur in the brain dr matt's going to isolate exactly what we're talking about so um get out your sketch pads because dr matt's going to take over here for a minute
0: all right so basically we're going to look at where the adjustment takes place if we are adjusting the neck and what arteries and veins are are running through so we look at C1 and C2 being the, the biggest, quote-unquote, concerns of, of everyone. You know, don't twist my head off, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, like the but, ninjas do in the movies. Yeah.
0: Um, but we're actually, we're only trained to help people, not hurt them. Mm. Yeah. Who knew? We did. We We, did. <laughs> <them>. <laughs> we <laughs> don't have a secret diploma underneath the we first one. We don't.
1: Week. Like Yeah, it's not like, I'm, tr- I'm trying so hard not to just take off. So, so I'm sorry, go So.
0: Ahead. so for c C1, or the atlas, we're looking at the vertebral artery and how it courses through a little foramen that helps keep the artery nice and straight. Yeah, that's pretty unique, right? Yeah, it's the, it's the only thing yeah, that it doesn't it's happen the only, C1 is the only bone that has an actual hole where the artery, artery uh, pulls yeah, and cool. pushes through. So um, the reason why that is is because that artery actually goes up into the brain. Mm-hmm. And so you have uh, something called the foramen magnum that is basically an open hole that the brain stem goes through. Right, it's
1: the manhole cover. That's
0: right, that's exactly right. Well, the opening, I guess. Well, yeah. So you have the brain stem, arteries and veins that pass through there, along with a nice sac that basically encapsulates it. And so as it comes down and comes through, the spinal cord is protected through that sac. And all these nerves go all the way through the spinal cord. All the way down to the very bottom, about L3 is where the spinal cord stops.
1: Yeah. Yeah, people don't realize that the cord actually terminates like in our in our in our our animal friends, you know, the dogs, cats, there it goes the whole way. But in humans the cord terminates and then after that it's just a bunch of nerves. It's called the cauda echina, Kim. Mm. It's Latin for what? Nerves. Oh my gosh, no. Oh. <laughs> Horses, <laughs> horses tail. Oh, okay. Horses tail? Horses yeah. tail, yeah. Um, so
0: when we're looking at the cervical spine or the neck area, each of those bones come out and hooks around and makes its own little little foramen for the nerves and, and arteries to kind of pull,
1: uh, go through. There's a gaps that are formed when two bones meet. Those gaps are where the nerves exit the spine. But the hole you're talking about the cool one is actually in the bone. Yeah, it's the one that runs vertically. Yeah, yeah, up and down. Okay. Yeah.
0: Vertically up and down.
1: I knew that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, cool. it's just really cool.
0: And the reason why that is, is because if you ever tried to straighten out wires that are running down the back or trying to get uh, the cables to go straight or to have everything kind of look nice, it's very difficult to do unless you have a Zip tie, zip tie, cable, zip tie, right? Oh yeah. And so imagine um, you can fit all those wires through an actual, you know, PVC pipe to make them even nicer. Right. So basically, this is this foramen is basically a a PVC pipe that's basically a ringlet, and it's connected to the side of the the bone, so that when it turns, it helps keep the uh, vertebral artery nice and straight instead of tortuous. Right. And so. that's one of the protective mechanisms of
1: the dens, atlas, and uh, C two in there. So, all right. So the whole, it's not like there's a a line just hanging down through this hole, that just moves left and right. You're not talking about like chain link hanging straight down, and the hole that it passes through can move. The right. entire thing moves. The entire thing moves yeah.
0: with the top of the head, the occiput, right, right? C one and C two. The most motion you'll get out of your head. Is between C1 and the occiput, right. right, right, or C1 in general, and then everything else is more—it's more, it's more uh, lateral instead of um,
1: rotational. Okay, all right, very good. So that's the anatomy that we're talking about here, folks. We're talking about two inches top to bottom. Of your spine. And in that area, and the unbelievably important artery, the vertebral passes through into the skull, terminates as part of the basilar artery at the base of the brain. And so when people talk about strokes in that area, they're talking about dissection of that artery. And so arteries have a bunch of different layers. And when we talk about dissection, we're talking about interrupted blood flow in the artery. And it can most of the time spill out into the area around it, which is the brain. Sometimes, though, it will just inflate that outer layer, the tunica adventitia. Um, that's not as, not as common. Now, what this guy is saying is that he thinks that chiropractors grab people's necks and twist them, and it causes that stroke. That, that area causes that C1, which is the atlas, to sever or dissect that artery. That's the point. That um, and I've heard this three or four times. Nobody really ever talks to us about it, but they, they talk to people like him. So Kim will hear about it. Miss Monica will hear about it. Um, I guess people are scared to talk to us about it, which is kind of crazy because you know we're always like we're pretty open. Like we want to talk about everything with our patients. So, but anyway, I'm glad this came up. I'm glad we're going to handle this now. So, I have a couple points that I want to make, and I want to make sure we're all crystal clear about this. So, first of all. I'm going to talk about evidence and how, as doctors, our responsibility to not say baseless, anecdotal BS to people. And certainly not to put it in the paper. But I'm going to get to that point later. First, I want to talk about just one or two things. First of all, there is no study that's ever been done by anyone that's a peer-reviewed study of good uh, what we call merit of a study, whether it's designed well, are there holes in it, did they cover for everything? There's no study like that that's ever been done that documents a relationship between chiropractic care, for the upper cervical spine, and stroke, none. Not anywhere, not by anyone. So anyone that says, studies have shown that chiropractic, they're lying, or they're incorrect, or they're committing malpractice. At best, they're just an inept physician.
0: Yeah, it's called hearsay.
1: Yeah. and. A hearsay is great when you're talking about the difference between um, I'm so I'm so mad right it's now. basically it's at basically Bailey. someone's opinion yeah it's and like, that's like all yeah, it why are right. somebody else right you there know, is, is a, like, a, a, there's no study that's been done and there never will be because it's just not there so right off the bat step one well can you prove it no you absolutely cannot now I want to talk about why these guys might get a bit confused in science, when we do a study, when we're examining the evidence of whether or not something caused something else, there's a couple terms that we use. One is called correlation. Correlation means A is related to B, B related to A, or maybe C is related in there somewhere. It just means that you've got a couple different things that seem to be related somehow. When we, call it, when we talk about causality, we're talking about A causing B. So B doesn't happen unless A is there. Or B can cause A, or C can get in there in this really weird relationship. Point being that there is a definable, reproducible relationship between those two or three or however many factors. So when we talk about correlation, we say that let's use smoking and and lung cancer. right? So big tobacco, for the longest time, fought tooth and nail that smoking causes lung cancer. And the way that eventually got proved in court was that Big Tobacco's point was okay, people that have smoke have lung cancer, but people that don't smoke have lung cancer too. So it can't just be smoking. And so they were saying it's correlatable, but it's not causative. Finally, the studies came out where they proved one of the couple of things. One, people that smoke have more incidence of, of lung cancer. People that, in, that smoke more than other people have more lung cancer and people that smoke less have less lung cancer. And by using all of that that data, they were able to prove that there was a causative relationship. So if we stick to that, which is the, the, the scientific basis for all the studies that we do, and we say, okay, are there more strokes in chiropractic offices than in other ones? And the answer is no. In 2017, Georgetown did an awesome study, or Harvard, did a study on general practitioner, MD offices, and chiropractic offices. And there's absolutely no increased incidence of stroke in chiropractic offices versus the other ones. So right off the bat, you can't say anything like that. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that if people were having more strokes in chiropractic offices, if they were in a chiropractic office more often, would they have an increase versus somebody that was rarely in? And the answer is no, and that's because the number of strokes in chiropractic offices is so obscenely low that there's no way to study that. So those two points lead us to a really clear conclusion, but I don't even want to give it that. I want to keep going to make sure we beat this thing into the ground. So those are are my first two points. My third point is that let's assume that we are all a bunch of liars and that we are secretly killing people. And hiding them, somewhere. Right. Let's just follow the money. Kimberly, what is my malpractice insurance premium?
0: Fourteen hundred a year.
1: Fourteen hundred dollars a year. One four zero zero. Yes. Fourteen hundred dollars a year. A year. And what is the general practitioner?
0: Anywhere from eight thousand to fifty thousand.
1: A year. Yes. Okay. If there was any chance that people would actually get hurt in a chiropractic office. Do you think my premium would be what is that, $110 a month, $108 a month? Yeah. And the answer is no. Right. Medical and chiropractic sure, malpractice companies don't care about the philosophy of chiropractic.
0: <laughs> they don't care about
1: the philosophy of surgery. They follow the money. That's all they care about. If they were having these quadrillion dollar payouts, they would that our malpractice insurance would be so high, it would be unbelievable. And it's not. And the reason why it's not is because that stuff does that stuff happen in the chiropractic office? It absolutely does. When you see the volume of patients that chiropractors see, we see between the offices about 300 a week, that's not true, a little more than 300 a week, right? And we yeah. have for 20 years. Sooner or later, someone is going to come into our offices just having by, a stroke. Just by sheer numbers. That's, that's right. Now, when people present with a stroke, their number one complaint, is the worst headache I've, I've ever, ever had. This is the worst headache I've ever had. And if you say that phrase to us, you will we find your door. You don't even you. need to come in the office. <laughs> you, you will find yourself in the back of a car so fast, and you will be on your way to the hospital. The kind of car because, that has uh,
0: sirens. <laughs> that's and, right.
1: That's right. But if I don't feel like they're getting there fast enough, I will take you, and that's probably an even greater risk to your life. But that phrase means there's something really wrong. And people present at our office because if our patients have a headache, do you think they're gonna go sit in an emergency room when they know they can get in to see us? No, they're gonna come see us. Now that that is what I propose is happening at these offices that these medical doctors are hearing third hand about. Someone is having a stroke, they're having the first part of it, they go to the chiropractor's office, he fails to do the exam, he fails to take a subjective history, delivers the adjustment, Or does whatever later on or right then the patient is having a stroke it worsens it or causes something else then they go to the hospital what's the what what do the people talk about did they have the condition before did they have those symptoms what's their history you know let's talk about all the factors leading up nope oh chiropractor did this that is the most irresponsible thing that i've ever heard from a physician. It's, it's just—it's
0: not, so, not very good detective work.
1: It's ridiculous. It, it's it really ridiculous. Isn't. So that is what happens. These people are having the stroke. Now, who's at fault here? The chiropractor. Absolutely. That guy failed his exam. It's very, very easy, and it's part of a standard of care that every single one of our patients gets. You know? Should that guy be practicing? No. He should be beaten with a stick. By us. Right. Or somebody. Because you can't give out that kind of care. That's just, that's just poor form. You know? And the
0: patients that are in but our practice know that when we talk to them, how you doing? Anything new going on?
1: Right. Like we run it down. We annoy every them. Every single time. We annoy them with our questions. I can't
0: tell how many pe- people have yeah. come. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah guess, can you just stop guess, talking to me and yeah. just adjust
1: me? But we won't. <laughs> We're going to continue to annoy you with our questions until we find out what we want to know. So that's the, f- that's the second part. The third part of this Is what I want to talk about when this guy says in the thing chiropractic manipulation now listen to me the word manipulation means to move joints to restore a range of motion and hopefully get the person out of pain regardless of whether or not the joint wants to be moved like let's be clear when you manipulate a joint you're gonna move it does it need to be moved is it stuck they don't care that's why it's a manipulation an adjustment is delivered by chiropractors to correct the imbalance in a range of motion, a stuck, if you, if you will, joint, or a joint that isn't moving properly. We find it, we detect it, we analyze it, we correct it, and then we check it to make sure it's fixed. That's chiropractic care. If your joints are not stuck, we do not touch them, except to check them. We only move bones that are out of place back in manipulation is done by people who will move a joint no matter what. Please don't confuse the two, as this gentleman has done. He clearly has no idea what he's talking about. Chiropractic manipulation, that is not something that's done in our offices or by most chiropractors. So the fact that that term's out there, like that's just...
0: Yeah, there's an article about it.
1: Yeah. Oh, he's the expert. Yeah. Oh, let's just get an MD. Yeah. Yesterday, we were talking about the podcast. Kim goes, hey, should we get an MD that knows a little bit more about chiropractic? No,
0: I do not. And Kim
1: barely made it out of this room alive. (laughs) I was like, why would I get, like, we have patients that are MDs. We have friends that are MDs. There's plenty of them that are up to date with the current research and understand what it is that we do.
0: And they would never say that because they, they know better.
1: That's right. But the fact that this makes it into the paper. Here's here's why I'm Someone mad. went out and found this person. Oh yeah. Oh. It's like, oh let's
0: right. let's see if we can't get Dr. Matt and Dr. Johnson and Dr. Ridiculous. Brad to lose their minds.
1: Here's why I'm mad. Not mad. Disappointed. I'm disappointed. There are people out there that can benefit from coming to us. There are little kids out there. There are old people out there. There's people out there. We are safe. We produce good results. And those results are come from fixing your body. Not from changing your body. Not from drugging you. Not from changing your perception. Not from any of that. It's natural, safe, and effective. And the way that we do it, you know, a couple hundred thousand adjustments in, the only medical emergency we've ever had was that kid that ate three mints at once and then got an adjusting table. And the and the medical remedy, the intervention we used, was the same that I would use as a dad. Stuck my finger down his throat. You know what I mean? I would have known that on the street. 220,000 adjustments. We've never had a single problem. But this guy just as decides, no, nah, chiropractor's cause strokes and I'm going to tell these people about it. And it's irresponsible. They got to know. Yeah, now look, maybe if my, prof- my profession was the patsy for the opioid epidemic, I'd be interested in throwing terms like that around, but we're not. And so this kind of stuff has got to stop. So that's all I'm going to leave it with. Like there's absolutely no way that there's no proof. There's no evidence. Do strokes happen in chiropractic offices? Yeah, they do. Either from doctors missing a stroke that came in or from the sheer volume of people coming in. But the evidence doesn't point to that. Now, if some medical doctor or neuro- neurologist has anecdotally heard a study or, or heard of a case where that happens, then they point to that, that's just unbelievably irresponsible because anecdotal evidence is not acceptable. We have observational evidence, we have experimental evidence, And both of those carry a specific amount of weight when it comes to formulating a study. Anecdotal evidence doesn't do anything but raise more questions. And to offer that up, especially to a patient who trusts you to make a clinical opinion, is trash. So that's all I have to say about it. And I I look forward to any feedback that I get from anybody, specifically if their um, primary care physician wants to speak with us about it. You know, those are a really special group of people that I'd love to get in touch with because the majority of the of the people that I, physical therapists, MD, surgeons that we know, we hang out with, they totally understand what we're doing. You know, it's not our sandbox. It's not their sandbox. It's just a bunch of doctors working together to help people. But like this attitude of I can just say whatever I want, regardless of whether I know about it. It's just, it's got to be done away with. It's,
0: it's, as Dr. Josh would say, it's 2019, people. It's 2019. It's 2019. The fact
1: that this even makes and it's on CNN, you know? was everywhere it the is ABC, it yeah everywhere. everybody they just go grab an md and they don't have any okay you know it's just and they always find the bad ones and i guess because yeah, guess guess those guys are available to give an interview you know the, right. the good ones, ones are right. super super busy so that's all i have to say about it and uh, mostly I, I don't care like i don't people are always going to have something to say some people like they just hate the sound of their bones moving and so they can't imagine that our profession is healthy I totally understand where they're coming from. I get it. You don't like it? It's fine, man. But don't take away somebody else's opportunity to be healthy. And I think of the number of people that come into our office and have over the years. that so were like, God, I was told I could never do this again or I could do that again. You know, We've had people that have switched careers because they were told this. And then we get them fixed. they like, I can do this again for the first time in 20 years. And it's not about getting them out of pain. It's about giving them back function they haven't had for the better part of their lives. And people can going to try and take that away from them. And I just... I Can't deal with it, and I don't, and we shouldn't have to anymore because the evidence is it just isn't there. So, anyway, that's all I've got to say about it. I hope I was uh, I hope I'm crystal clear. And if anybody yeah, wants feel, to have more, of I a discussion. feel like
0: we've armed our the public and our our patients, especially, mm-hmm. with if someone says, Oh, you go to a chiropractor, aren't you afraid they're gonna get you? Yeah, well, and I well, no, it's and then they they hear this podcast, yeah, here's a podcast on it. I know exactly what I'm getting into. I know exactly what I'm doing mm. at the office. Right. They go over exactly what I'm getting adjusted. Mm.
1: You know, what's funny is that we don't even do the upper rotational stuff that this guy's referencing. You know what I mean? We're lateral adjusting versus rotational adjusting, up, you know, whatever. We don't do anything he's saying because we don't manipulate. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like there's just so many things wrong with that. Whatever. You know, I
0: feel that went really well. I don't. I don't think that you are too aggressive. You're just informative, and you're just trying to yeah. tell people exactly what they need to know. And what they
1: need to know is that we do not cause strokes. Like, we okay, don't. we don't do it. Like, there's no study that's ever been done that links the two. Like, you can't do it. So if these guys want to breakdance, fight me. You know, they bring their. Cardboard. I have plenty of cardboard. They can bring their cardboard down, and we will absolutely get it on. So, um, do you have anything else to add, Dr. Fink? I think uh, if anyone has any questions, obviously post them and post or comment. Yeah, yeah. Room. If you need one to comment, just Kim K I M at M F O R G. Kim, this is the most you've ever talked on a podcast because Doctor Maurer's is not here. Maybe. That's why. It's accurate. Yeah. That's not anecdotal. We could go back and oh. look at the previous podcast, and this is the most you've talked. Listen, we have made it to the big time. We now have an actual. Uh, producer for our podcast a sound engineer Um, we'd like to thank hug monster sound who's going to be working with us and they are just a really special group of people and uh, we're really grateful to have them it's actually a st louis company do you know that dr fink i do now yeah because she's staring at you the hug monster sound person
0: well I'm trying not to I'm just trying to focus. You yeah. Know? Just trying to focus. Trying not to see the monster in the room. That's right. Fantastic.
1: Okay, so for uh, Kimberly and for Dr. Matt Fink, for Dr. Brad Maurer, wherever he is, I hope he's doing great. I am Dr. Joshua Fink and we will see you next time. Thank you.